Hello, hello everybody. Well, I'm back. <clears throat> like I promised I would be, middle of the month. We're close to it. Um, I took a hiatus for a while. I was on vacation. Um, did some reflecting on the Holocaust, celebrating Tubarov. Um, some of your summer holidays that remain going into the fall. So we will be starting new um, around the new year. Um, I will be doing uh, picking up on our regular readings uh, up until September 18th with uh, Rosh Hashanah. Um, I'm your local rabbi and minister here at Sacred Elohim, Diamond Light Pro Ministries. My name's Kim. Some call me Yaya, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. I have no problem with that. Um, some of the church members asking if I'll be there tonight, and I will. Um... I have been away on a hiatus for a while, so it's good to be back behind the screen. I've not done any recordings other than my phone. This is the first time I've been on my computer since June. Um, a lot has happened. Um, corona is now, cases are just above 100,000. Um, most of them they've admitted are now in, in nursing homes here in the state of Ohio. Um, we had one out towards Decatur that is inundated with coronavirus. Um, I've had quite a few experiences. The church put me on their dockets. Um, I am at officially a prophetic intercessor for right now, which I'm happy with that. I mean, you know, I don't want too much work with me running my ministry myself and then helping them out. Um... I do enjoy them. I love them. I care for them. They hear this. Hey, guys. Um, it has been a while. I took a hiatus because I needed it. I took a sabbatical for a while. I am the only one running my ministry. I don't have any help. I do it on my own, and it's just small scale right now. Um, and the ministry, as I said before, I have is prophetic. Um, I talk about prophecy but I also relay things that the Lord puts on my heart I've not had too much I mean other than he said he's working um, I will say that my life has been very eventful during my time off um, as I said I will be continuing the book of mysteries Shemitah we will be wrapping that up in about a week um, I'm not going to do anything right now um, I've got to do some outlines for Shemitah where we left off. I still have it. I picked up a few more books. Um, uh, quite a few, actually. <laughs> um, I've been writing my own book, uh, The Love of the Kingdom. Uh, not easy, um, but I will get through it. Uh, I plan to have it posted on Amazon before next month. Uh, it's going to be, be between 200 and 300 pages of explaining who I am, what I am, and why the love of the kingdom. Um, and what do I mean by the love of the kingdom? And what my life was like before uh, I let God back into my life. As I said, I was saved at a very young age, five, between five and eight. Uh, my life hasn't always been easy. Uh, I've had some chips on my shoulders. I've been very proud, very arrogant, uh, slothful with my life. And the Lord has ways of reaching people like that. 
he reached me in in an unbeknownst way. It wasn't like in front of a church or anything, but it was at home privately. But that book will discuss my private life. Um, it'll be the first of a series of books I'll be writing, including dealing with the book of Gad, the book of Nathan, um, the history of David uh, or David um, from not just a Hebrew perspective, but from the Bible perspective, my opinions of my culture, my family, where I come from. Um, as I said, there it, it'll be a series. It'll be very small snippets of what I'm all about. Um, we will continue doing our book of mysteries. Uh, in the near future, I plan to have a house of prayer, um, which will also be part of my ministry. I'll be uh, taking that in the background as well uh, with another organization. Uh, I'm hopefully hoping that Impact, now that they're expanding, considers my ministry. Um, I'll do everything I can to help them. But uh, I hope they really consider. I pray to God they will. Um, I leave it in his hands. It's his choice. Um, I'm just one woman. I, I do the whole work uh, for my ministry itself. Um, I don't try to evangelize much, but I'm looking to start going into evangelism along with my ministry. So it's challenging right now. I'm learning a lot. Uh, next spring, I'm looking probably moving my uh, college to Valor. Um, I know it's a Christian college. Uh, I also have my goings on over in Israel that I do through seminary, um, Teshiva Seminary. So I do that. I am a student of Kaduri. Uh, I'm also a student of Gael. Um, they were very good teachers. Um, I'm also a former student of two missionary Baptist preachers, which I honored at a uh, funeral. They were mentors of mine. Very. I would have to say Charles Click and his brother were two fireballs waiting to happen. Uh, they were the kind of preacher that were fire and brimstone, which you don't hear anymore. And I got to experience the end of an era with them here locally. Uh, at one point, Arnton was very fire and brimstone. Everybody listened to, the, to your hardcore fire and brimstone preachers. You don't get that anymore here. Um, it would be a big thing if it happened again. I mean, David is getting there, and the other pastors at Impact are getting there, but to truly know what a fire and brimstone preacher was all about, ooh, it's hardcore. Um, they don't veer, and they don't switch. They just talk about the Bible and God and what God wants them to talk about that goes on their heart. And that's the way Charles Click and his brother were. They were seventh-generation preachers and second-generation deacons. I come out of a second, first-generation deacon um, through my mother. Um, 
her family were rabbis, most of them teachers um, that weren't adopted. That We did find that out. Uh, my father come out of ten generations of preachers <laughs> back to England. Um, his father was the last preacher in the family. My father didn't have that calling. He was into music, the ministry of music, and his mother turned him against that when he was a kid. So, But he was definitely saved by Billy Graham. Uh, he attended a local church in Serval County, Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, he was raised in a church called the Church of Christ, uh, uh, Leather Door. He was Gentile. Uh, he had Native American and French influence. The Native American was Inuit or Eskimo. Um, my mother was predominantly English, a little bit of Irish, mostly Irish, Polish, um, descent. And then that comes through her mother. And then my grandfather, through the genetic line, which they were both drunks, was Shoshone and principal Cherokee tribe. Um, they were Native American. So I had ties to, both to America and to Israel, which kind of is the best of both worlds, I guess you can say, being a daughter of David, but also being a daughter of Sitting Bull and Rain in the Face, which is kind of funny. My middle name, Don, would be, would be representing a deer of the dawn, um, or a deer of the meadow, or a doe of the meadow, would be my name. Um, my Hebrew name, totally, is Yahaloma Hadassah Micaiah. Um, that would be my full three-letter name. Um, Micaiah meaning something and Yahaloma meaning something and then a middle name. They always give a two pronunciation name to represent something in nature. Um, and that would be my Hebrew name. Now, my husband is Jewish. His Hebrew name sounds exactly like his regular name, Harold or Harold is how they pronounce it, which means to proclaim. The men don't have middle names in the Aaronic line. I come out of directly out of David, and he comes directly out of the Aaronic line through Yohanikan. So Yohanik, two cousin, basically distant cousins married. Um, that's characteristic in Judaism. They'll interbreed, they'll marry one another to preserve the lines, and then they'll bring something else in to make it genetically stable. Say la vie. The good Lord works in mysterious ways. I, I don't go that route, but you know me. Uh, it has been a while. Uh, the second half of this, we will go back into doing uh, the Book of Mysteries. Uh, we'll do a few readings before I go do my Bible study with the women tonight, and then I'll be back for the remainder of the recordings. Um, um, congratulate me. I did get Pandora up. I'm waiting for Televax and Telnail. Uh, they're putting me back up, but I do have my own radio channel now, so that's a plus. Um, 
that's part of the reason why I've been gone so long. I've been arbitrating with them. I've got a few issues with it directly that they're going to have to resolve because they're having some problems with my RSS feed or RRS feed or whatever you call it. I'm not familiar with feeds, so it takes a while. Um, we will be diving deeper into some other new content. Um, I have one year of the Book of Love, Love Language of God, which is a devotional by Gary Chapman. I have another book that deals with Billy Graham's wife, believe it or not. I have my Book of Mysteries, um, and then my Radical Wisdom, and some other books that I have purchased uh, through school. We will be going over that. I'm open to content material. You can contact me at starcross2013 at gmail.com if you wish. I also have a phone number. In the near future, I'll be having phone calls. Um, right now, I'm not taking anything until I get, take care of a few things on my phone. Um, I will be getting back on Facebook and YouTube. Um, I will be opening up a few more things on some other channels later. Right now, I do Instagram. Um, I'm looking possibly Snapchat and a few others. I'm planning to expand out my podcast to some other affiliated places that will take it. Um, but right now, I'm just taking it step by step and building up. I carry approximately 60,000 viewers over in Israel. I carry about 40,000 out of China. Um, I carry probably in the rest of the Asian countries less than 10%. Um, I do have the U.S. and some of your other European countries, which I welcome. Um, I just added uh, Australia and uh, the Netherlands, which is a big, big for me. So I'm growing online. It's slow the way I should have it. I don't have a congregation yet. Um, I have a few people interested. I picked up a guy just recently asking me for material, study materials. He wants to see what I'm all about, uh, which is something I don't have yet. I've got to update some stuff. Um, on my cards and everything and right now with the way the things are going it's very hard to get ink to do things so but um, I will have a website up that's something else I've been debating and deliberating on for about two weeks now so it is a plus so what I'm gonna do is cut at the top of the hour I'm about 15 minutes and six minutes in so I'm gonna cut here and I'll be right back with a study session Hello, hello, everybody. I took about a 30 to 40 minute break since the last pause at three something. So tonight we're just going to go over a couple verses. And we will touch lightly on one of the subjects in the book, which I got marked, um, which is interesting. Last time we talked about the Catan. That was several weeks ago. Um... I'm going to go through here and pick something out relevant. Celestial Seed. 
the Nazarene mystery, the Hashem, the multiplying of the bread, the Amalek, the rain, the mystery of the Talmud. Let's see here. The mantle of the Messiah. Let's talk about that one and the Rahim. So we'll start with the Rahim. So here's what the teacher states. It says, do you believe, asked the teacher, that God has mercy? Yes, replied the student. Of course, you taught me that. No, said the teacher. God does not have mercy with all respects. I said curiously, he says. That's not right. It was the first time I had ever contradicted him in such a direct way. Prove your point, he says. I was just reading the book of Daniel. In Daniel, Daniel prayed to God's mercy on the people of Israel. He said, to the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness. It doesn't say that, he replied. Not in the original language. It says, to the Lord be the Rahim. What is Rahim? student asked some would translate it into mercy but rahim is not simply a singular noun it's plural it does not mean mercy it means mercies it means that god's mercy is more than mercy god's mercy mercy is so great so strong so deep that it cannot be contained in a single word rahim means that his mercy has no end interesting so he's saying here, God's mercies have no end, not mercy. What about the word for sin? What do you mean, the teacher asks. It is by nature a singular or plural. The word sin, the teacher says, is singular. But the word mercy is plural, I said. And what does that tell you? That no matter what my sin is, no matter how great, the mercy of God is always greater. And no matter how much I've sinned, no matter how many sins I have, the mercy of God are more than my sins. Yes, says the teacher. Therefore, ever made the mistake of thinking that you're exhausted God's mercy. You never have. You never could. And you never will. He will always have mercy that you have sinned more than enough to cover every sin and still have enough compassion left over love you forever for what the lord has for you is not mercy but rahim so here's the mission statement open your heart today to receive the rahim of god for you not only for your sin but the overflowing rivers of his compassion and love so we are going to look at Psalms. Uh, I'll go to my blue book here. I got so many Bibles, don't need to know, don't know what to do with it all. All right, we'll go to our blue book, the complete Jewish Bible. And look at it from a Jewish perspective. And he says to look in Psalms 136. To my Jewish listeners, it would be Talim. 
Talim 136. Remember, Talim 136. It says, Give thanks unto Adonai, for he is good. Mm -hmm. For his grace continues forever and ever from east to west. Give thanks to God of gods, for his grace continues forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his grace continues forever. To him who alone has done great wonders, for his grace continues forever. For he who skillfully made the heavens, for his grace continues forever. To him who spreads out the earth on the waters, for his grace continues forever. For him who made the great lights, for his grace continues forever. The sun to rule the day, his grace continues forever. The mercy of the moon and stars to rule at night, for his grace continues forever. To him who struck down the Egyptian firstborn, for him grace continues forever. And brought Israel out from among them, from the grace, for his grace continues forever. With mighty hands and outstretched arms, his grace continues forever. To him who split apart the seas, Asaf, for his grace continues forever, and made Israel cross right through, for his grace continues forever. So weep, and but weep Pharaoh and his armies, swept Pharaoh and his armies to the sea of Suf, Suf, and his grace continues forever. Ah, to him who leads his people through the desert, for his grace continues forever, for, for him who struck down the great kings. His grace continues forever. Yes, he slaughtered powerful kings. His grace continues forever. For his grace continues forever. Sechmon, the king of the Emirai, and his grace continues forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his, uh, his grace continues forever. And then he gave their land as an inheritance. For his grace continues forever. To be possessed by Israel his servant. For grace continues forever. Who remembers us whenever we are brought low. His grace continues forever. And rescues us from our enemies. His grace continues forever. Who provides food for every living creature. His grace continues forever. Give thanks to God of heaven. For his grace continues forever. So the whole entire song was stressing. His mercies and grace continue forever. So now let's look at Levit Lamentations. 32, 22, and 23. Look that up very quickly. Ichan, which is Lamentations. If you have this book, it's 1061. So we're going to go to Lamentations, which is in 1061. And we are looking at three. I, the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his fury, he has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Against me alone he turns his 
hand. So let's go to 22 and see what that says. That was one, two, and three. Let's finish three. Uh, it says, against me alone, he turns his hand and again, again and again all day, talking about his mercy. Now let's go to 22 and 23. It says, that the grace of Adonai is not exhausted, that his compassion has not ended. On the contrary, they are new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. Remember, grace and mercy go hand in hand. So now we're going to go to Daniel 9, 9. up Daniel here. Ten ninety eight. So Daniel is in ten ninety eight. Remember, King James Bible is a little bit different than what I have here. Okay. So we're going to go to nine nine. Daniel nine nine or Daniel. And see what he says in Daniel 9.9. It is for Adonai, our God, to show compassion and forgiveness, but we rebel against him. Hmm, interesting. So 2 Corinthians, now... One. Three and four states. Praise be God, Father of our Lord Yeshua Messiah, compassionate Father, God of all encouragement and comfort, who encourages us in all our trials so that we can encourage others in whatever trials they may be going undergoing with the encouragement we ourselves have received from God. Okay, and that's talking about the Rahim, his mercy. So it took one whole entire section for us to go just into Rahim. Remember, Rahim, Rahim is dealing with his mercies. His mercies are as far as the east from the west, excuse me. And they're never ending. So we see here that his mercies continue and continue and continue. So, in this 15 minutes of this one page, we read five verses or four verses that deal with Rahim. So remember the Hebrew word. 
when you go to the Bible and it talks about his graces and mercies, it's talking about Rahim. Not mercy, mercies. So God is a merciful God that shows us mercy through his son. So he does not want us to fall in sin, but to come to repentance, repentance now, and acceptance of Yeshua, and believe and trust in Yeshua, not just happenstance and then go back into sin. We can't do that. We have to pursue holiness. We have to pursue sanctification for that holiness, and we have to be steadfast and justified in knowing that we are children of the Most High God, or in this case, Yahuwah. So that is our lesson on Rahim. I did Rahim for a reason. As I said before, I did a little testimony that he showed me mercy, great mercy. He could have denounced me, but he didn't. Instead, he showed me where I was wrong. I'm not going to go into detail on that, but I will testify that I know who Yahuwah is. I know who the Father is, the Son, and the Ruach, and that I know them quite well. Yes, I was saved at a young age, and I walked away from religion. Because religion is not what belief is. God is not religion. God is a relationship. And we have to develop that relationship. Otherwise, we destroy our lives. We destroy who we are, what we are, and why. That we're brought into this life. We all have purpose. Without finding hope and finding purpose, we are nothing. So this lesson kind of touches home for me because his infinite mercy forgive me through his son. And I abused that at one point, but I'm not doing it anymore. So there's my point in check. Um, that's our first analogy of the day and we'll get off of here hopefully we get back to talking about the mental of Yeshua because that's very important um, because it deals with the mantle of it he talks about the mantle of a prophet or the the mantle of the Messiah and what the Messiah was about and ultimately what it led to um, and this has significance for me but it also has significance for others that believe we all carry a certain amount of prophecy in our life. So I'm going to cut here and I'll see you guys later. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I took a little bit of a break time off. So we are going to talk about our final lesson for today. The mantle of Messiah. So let's see what the teacher has to say about a mantle. The teacher led the student into a room I had never he had never been in before. There is a chamber of garments, he said, as he lifted up a large brown cloth, which I at first looked at to be a blanket. He says, This is a mantle, he said, as in the mantle of a prophet. 
And what exactly is a mantle? Student asks. A garment, a cloak, and yet more than that. A mantle represents a calling, the charge, the ministry, and the anointment of God before Moshe ascended Mount Nebo. At the finish of his ministry, he laid hands on his disciple, Yahshua, and God's spirit fell upon him along with the mantle. The authority of Moshe the authority of Mo Moshe. When Elijah ascended to God at the end of his ministry, he dropped his mantle on the ground. His disciple Elisha or Elisha picked it up and then the spirit of Elisha came upon him. Do you see a pattern? Yes, says the student. In each case, the man of God is about to finish his earthly ministry. In each case, he ascended to God. In each case, the ascension and the completion of the ministry are linked to the passing of a mantle. Yes, says the teacher. Now, what happened at the end of the Messiah's ministry on earth? As with Moshe, he ascended on a mountain. And as with Elijah, the departure. But where's the mantle? Hmm. Interesting. Everyone, every other element of pattern is there, but where's the mantle of the Messiah? Upon whom did it fall? I never thought of that before. I had no idea. There's no mention of it. The answer, says the teacher, is this. The mantle of the Messiah is too big to fall on one person. Hmm, interesting. Messiah's mantle is too big to fall on one person. It can never fall on one disciple. It can only fall on all. When the mantle of Moshe and Elisha fell, the Spirit of God came upon the disciples. So, what happened after Messiah ascended to God? Think. <clears throat> the Spirit of God fell upon his disciples the day of Pentecost. And what was it? that it was given that day with the giving of the Spirit, the mantle of the Messiah. And to whom was it given? To his disciples, to all of them, to us, you see. We are all part of the Messiah's mantle. And it is in his mantle that our calling and ministry are found. And if we have a part in his mantle, then we also have part of his anointing. And with every call, God gives the anointing to fulfill it. So you will find your calling as you walk in his spirit. For your calling, your calling can only be fulfilled in the mantle of the Messiah. So today's mission, fully take up your mantle in Messiah. And by the power and authority of the spirit, step out to fulfill your high calling. Okay, so let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy thirty one
7 and 8, 31, 7 and 8, we're almost there, here we go, 31, 7 and 8, and let's see what it says here. Next, Moshe summons Yehoshua, and in the sight of all Israel said to him, Be strong, be bold, for you are going with the people into the land. Adonai swore to their ancestors he would give them. You will be the one causing them to inherit it. Interesting. But Adonai... It is he who will go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. So don't be afraid or downhearted. Interesting. And let's go to 8. 34, actually 34, we read 8. 34, 9. Which is just a few chapters over. Yehoshua, the son of Nun, was full of spirit of wisdom. For Moshe had laid his hands on him, and the people of Israel heeded him, and did what Adonai had ordered Moshe. Which is talking about the passing of a mantle, or passing of one leader to another leader. Okay, 1 Kings 19.19 First Kings or Malekha Aleph, Malekha, Malekim Aleph, nineteen. Nineteen, nineteen. So he lift, li lifted. So he lifted and found Elisha, the son of Saphat. He was plowing with twelve yokes of oxen. He himself was behind the twelfth. Eliehu, or Elijah, went over to him and threw his cloak on him. Interesting. So again, already a mantle had been passed, but not totally until anointing. So now let's go to Acts 1 through 4. Acts 2, 1 through 4. Now, here is the mantle of Messiah. 2, 1 through 4. The festival of Shuvayot arrived, and the believers all gathered together in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from the sky like a roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each one of them. They were filled with the Ruach Chodesh and began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So that is the fall of the Spirit. Which is interesting. So we have talked about today. Rahim and the Messiah's mantle. So 
I give you the verses. You can go back and look that for yourself. Take notes, whatever you wish. But tonight, I'm just doing two of these for now. And then when I come back later, we'll do two more, which will be the Devar of the, of the Olam and the Exodus Factor. And then the Secret of the Yoma and the Revelation of the Land. So that would be our four. So we've done two of five, actually. And I might do the Jonah Paradox. We'll see. Um, for now, we're going to stop there. I'm going to pull this away for a little bit. And I'm going to say this. We've had a very eventful evening. Um, I will get to the other parts of this uh, and breaking them down into individual sessions about nine minutes long. We've already did about 30 minutes, so I've got nine minutes here. There'll be some more done. Uh, I'm going to cut it short right now because i got to go to a meeting. And I'll be there for about an hour or so, and then I'll be back. Um, this is our first interlude. Um, we will be, in about another two weeks, completing the Book of Mysteries. I'm not going to do too much more from the Book of Mysteries, but we will. Uh, but I would like to talk about, actually, you know, instead of talking about the Book of Mysteries for the remainder, uh, we're going to go back into possibly discussing the remainder of the Shemitah, which we will be picking back up. Um, we will be going into the fifth harbinger, so, and I'm just going to touch on that. There's not really any Bible verses, it's just talking about mainly the collapse, so... That will be at a later date. But I have other material that we will be going over. Um, I haven't got it worked out yet. One of them's on the Oracle. The other one is on um, uh, the Paradigm. I've got two other books. And then I'm going to start a series on prayer. Dangerous prayers. Hey interesting so what would be a dangerous prayer how would you use a prayer uh, how's a prayer used for if you're bound by brokenness uh, prayers for send me this guy wrote a book called dangerous prayers it was a new york Times bestseller um craig grisachel um he talks about why God doesn't answer prayers and what do we do to get his attention. Um, it's enlightening. Some of it deals with ego, believe it or not. Um, so the next part of the hour, we'll be discussing new material that will be coming. Um, as I said, I still will do the Book of Mysteries once a week, but... I'm going to curtail reading so many and only do one little snippet. Um, I am working on a tithing website right now, getting ready to set up my ministry website. So that given, um, I've not got it all the way structured, but I have some of the things. There's some things that they need that I don't have yet, but I'm working on that very slowly. Um, but if you want to send tithing, just email me and I will give you the address to mail checks 
or whatever you want to do. I will be setting up titherly and some other things when that comes in. I said, I'm still structuring my ministry how I want it done, but I have quite a few things that will be coming up in the next few weeks um, that will be available for your use and my use. So we're now at the top of the next quarter session. We've done three, and the last quarter I will just be discussing just a few things, and I might just cut this one and go into the next one. Um, I'm online. Sorry, people. It was somebody I knew. My mother. Um, but I will be cutting this one and be going into the final cut. And I wish... Never mind. I'm not going to say... Don't answer PMs. Fortunately, but I do get PMs. The last few weeks, I've been kind of curtailing myself off a line other than just doing my general talk. Um, there goes my phone again. You heard it in the background. Um, I won't be getting on here as frequently as I should. Um, I haven't really set up a scheduled timing for everything, so... But I will, I am changing the study sessions to Mondays in the early morning. So you all will have it pushed out. I'll have it pushed out by that evening. Tuesdays will be Sundays and previous Sundays um, recordings, which I've already got one recording on my computer now ready to be cut tonight for tomorrow. Um, Wednesdays will be our prayer get-togethers. I am getting ready to set up a house of prayer, um, both a hub and here. I've got to get in contact with the facilities that do that, find out exactly how I go about it. Um, uh, Thursdays, I go into more Bible study, um, more of a sermon approach, and then Friday and Saturday, I don't do nothing. I take that off. So I'm restructuring. I'll have some time things set up for you guys on a website and some other things that deal with that. As I said, my tithing, I've not got all that up yet. I still got to get my church's EMI and all that done for being a nonprofit. Uh, that takes time. It takes almost six months just to get your nonprofit status before you can set up that nonprofit status. So right now, I if I took any ties right now, it would be taxed. So I don't want to do that. Um, I mean, you can send them by mail, or you can, as I said, once I get this website up, you can set it that way. But my main ties and contributions come from this here. This channel that I'm doing so every time you click on me or every time you listen to one of my study sessions you're tithing me so right now this is how I'm getting it uh, my materials free there's no problems with that so I'm gonna cut it here and we'll go over another 10 or 15 minutes and then I'll be done All right, everybody, as I said before, we will be going over a new book called uh, Dangerous Prayers by uh, Craig Grosetchel. 
Um, I have several new books. We got uh, Love and Language, which is a new one. I've also got one from Billy Graham's wife, which is going to be interesting that we will touch on. I'll give recaps on it. I'm doing a new series on Fateful Abundance. I've got two new books on Priscilla. We will be going back over the Sabbath um, legacy, which is one I'm very interested in right now. How one ordinary life can make an eternal difference. We're going to see what she has to say about legacy. It's Jackie Green and Laura Green McCaff. So it's interesting to see what they've got to say in their book. Um, they have study sessions and optional videos, but I will go over the material. Um, let's see what she touches on. Lesson one, courage and faith. Lesson two, boldness and witnessing. Lesson three, compassion and rescue. Question four, what we're going to be talking about, prayer and tenacity. Five, generosity and loyalty. And six is wisdom. And then, of course, the leader's guide to the study. I won't provide these materials online, but I will discuss it here. You can purchase these about anywhere. I got mine through a local regional bookstore. Um, it does have study materials in it. It tells you what optional to watch, how things work. Um, I might do outlines. I don't know. We'll see. Um, as I said, I've got one more week off before I do anything. Maybe not. But pretty much, I've pretty much worked out what I want to do. Um, mainly, I'm focusing on on legacy of of what Yeshua did, and the legacy that women in general can do, and men, and then prayer, the importance of prayer, the importance of intercessoring, the importance of uh, prophetic, um, the importance of a lot of things. Let's see. Signs. I have a book on prophecy here. Yeah, it's hid. I'll have to find it later. But I have a book that talks about prophecy. We'll be discussing that. As I said, the book of mysteries is pretty much. I'll do that on a single note basis now. We'll have one day where we just discuss the intuitive of the teacher. Um, as far as the book of the Shemitah, it is pretty. It just goes into talking about general things from here on in. It's nothing big or elaborate. Um, ah, here we go. Got Esther. Ah, here we go. The book I really want to talk about is the community of prophets. Um, God's call on all in the ministry with the gift. Um, this lady, Kim M. Massey. One of the well-known authors from Chosen that wrote Chosen from Baker Publishing. We will be going over her book. Some of the things we will be touching on will be the spirit of prophecy. This is that. This is that prophetic community. Prophethood. Your mind. Yours. Mine. Ours. The gift of keeping on giving. Clearing the debris, the cow kicks it over, living the prophetic life, activating your prophetic gift, the prophetic 
practice, practice conclusion and afterthoughts of a gentleman that lives in the prophetic community. So these are some of the books we will be touching on. Um, of course, I'll be still going over letting go occasionally. That will crop in. Um, the Radical Wisdom says, I'm kind of zoning things now. I will have separate study criteria that I record specifically for those things that need to be recorded. And I won't push them out until later. Um, I'm doing things a little bit differently. I'm changing things up, making it a little more easier for me to handle not only that, it'll be a little bit more organized. So my anchor website will be, I'll be doing some house cleaning. Um, I'll have one section that will have nothing but dealing with Impact Church and other churches locally that get recorded. Um, I will be setting up another website that deals strictly with my studies on Shemitah, anything dealing with Jonathan Kahn, and then I'll have the prophetic. Um the others will be nuances or pop-ins. Um, I'm doing organization now that benefits me, uh, that I feel that will benefit my viewers instead of just having a happenstance of my recordings. My recordings will be done pre on my computer and then posted to Anchor. I'll no longer be going directly to Anchor. So these will be things that I look forward to doing. Um, I will also have prophetic snapshots in a minute, which those are more private. They will not be posted unless absolutely necessary. Um, with what I'm in right now, I have to go through a chain of command. And I want to follow their structure and learn so I know how to organize my ministry. Um, I have to go through the seniors and elders before I do anything. I can't just pop it out there now. Um, so I go through a chain of command. Um, that chain of command is important. I needed the structure a little bit, and I appreciate them for giving me the structure needed. Um, it helps me, and it helps them learn about me. So, but right now, with what I've got, most of mine's online until I get a building. Um, which is down the road. As I said, we will be discussing hearing the voice of discerning the voice of God, a, a new book she brought out. There's also an older one that ties into this, uh, which I have. So I've got both books. Um, another one is what happens when women walk in faith. So our discussion is talking about the prophetic, hearing the voice of God, dealing with circumstances of women in the ministry um let's see here got quite a bit of information um i still have breathe here the old one the voice discerning the voice of god um and the forerunner to that is discerning the voice of god too we will combine these two books and learn from them and then also trusting in god and taking you to amazing places it's a book what happens when women walk in faith? Um, it's going to be interesting, uh, timely, and very upfront. Um, as I said, right now I run a ministry, my ministry is run part time. I am a school student. Um, 
I do deal with Impact Church. I have other things that I place for my ministry and things I do. I'm collecting books, you might say. I'm currently writing a book, uh, The Love of the Kingdom. Um, I haven't decided how I'm going to structure that book yet for The Love of the Kingdom. I do know I want to kind of make it like Priscilla's books where she has outlines and stuff like that in it that makes it easy for me. But mainly the whole focus is bringing together the prophetic and the non-prophetic and bringing together the voices that make the industry. Um, I am a stark follower of Catherine Coleman. I've always loved Catherine Coleman and the ministry she had. She had similar problems that I have with being married. Um, not that I have problems. I love my husband. But my husband can be a little bit bearing at times. Um, I do carry both King James Bibles. I have a Jewish concordance, the regular concordance. I carry a Yahuwah, Yahuwahistic Bible or Yahwistic Bible. Then I have the Tree of Faith. I'm currently putting together a Bible that includes the Tanakh, the Torah, um, the New Testament, the Old Testament, and then some prophets you may have not heard of that are mentioned in the Bible, which is Gad, Nathan. Um, I'm collecting those things out of the Surah, of the Teflon that comes out of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, this is a big thing for me because I got choose to be in a group of about 20 people to be able to translate it and present it to the Christian world. This is the first time that the Teflon has ever been seen. It was originally the history of the Jewish people, of the kingship and of David and everything, and it was put inside the ark along with the Tefnon, which the Tefnon is the history of what God did for his people during the Exodus, which is not mentioned in the Bible. It's called the the War of the Lord, the Wars, see, the Book of the Wars of the Lord, or Adonai. Um, there's going to be, it's been nearly almost four, six thousand, between four and six thousand years since this has been removed from the Ark. Now, they haven't removed the Ark yet from the inside of where Golgotha yet, but they did bring out this parchment. And this parchment is papyrus, and it's bound in uh, just like a book. And it unfolds, and it shows you the whole epitaph, written in ancient Hebrew, paleo. Um, and it talks about figuring the hieroglyphs. It talks about what God did, the glories he did, the showing, the Shekinah. It talks about a lot about how he warred with Balaam which is in the Bible, and how he done more, not how we do it. That they relied on him to run Amorites, Malachites, Moabites, whatever, out of the way. He scared the crap out of them, basically. <laughs> Heard my lingo, but that's how it went. This is going to be a big thing for me when I do get this together. I've already completed the book of Gad and the book of Yehu, which is quite interesting. Um... The Yahuistic Bible is brought back from the original manuscripts from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It 
leaves his name instead of Elohim. It mentions Elohim, but it mentions Yahuwah, Yeshua's name in it. It mentions Yehoshua, his real name. And it sets a picture that not many have that knowledge of the New Testament and the Revelations. It gives you insights to what Revelations is all about. Um, it's not posted yet. So there is knockoffs, but I haven't got it ready yet. It's still in the works. Um, I'm, I'm having to collect from all sources, including the Septuagint and some other sources. So it's hard to do. And there's only 10 of us doing this. And very few Messianics get in with the ultra-Orthodox rabbis to do it. So we are conversing. This will be the first time that anything like this will be available other than the King James Bible or the current Holy Scriptures of the book of the, the uh, Tree of Life Version Bible um, or the original Septuagint translation of the complete Jewish Bible. This is the first time taking ancient Hebrew, putting it into the modern era so it can be understood in English what it actually means a good example in revelations it was originally wrote in namanic greek um, and galilean aramaic it was translated from the aramaic into the cornate or non-cornate greek okay to understand this, you must go back to the original Galilean. Well, the original Galilean, believe it or not, was ancient Hebrew. It's what Avraham spoke. It's what Isaac and his son spoke. It's what Adam and Eve spoke was the ancient Galilean Aramaic. They call it Aramaic, but it's actually ancient Hebrew. Um, um, and it's going to be interesting. In one of the parts of the revelation that I was looking at, the beast is referred to as a she. And I'm sitting here looking at my Cornate Bible, and it doesn't give a sex of the dragon. The dragon is a she. And the angels with her are she's. And then it refers to Micaiah or Michela. Michela is a female name, not Michael. And it says she beside it, which is interesting. And then her Mechlim. Mechlim is angels in Hebrew. Um, it is definitely something interesting to look at because your ancient Hebrew is different than the modern Aramaic graphic letters. So it translates the same, but it's hieroglyphic versus um, the language that we see today them using. This lang the, the modern Hebrew developed from both the Babylonian influence and the ancient Hebrew. The ancient Hebrew are hieroglyphic. They're pictorial. And a picture represents, like, for instance, a leaf shows the head of a bull. Well, a head of a bull means strength. It means power. It means kingship. 
if you see a man's head, it's Lamad. Lamad means a camel. So the same Hebrew letters we see today are totally different from the archaic version. Um, and it's interesting. Um, one part of this passage in the Old Testament where it talks about Yahuwah, it calls him Abba Father. Throughout, it calls him Yahuwah the Father, Yahuwah our Father, Yahuwah our Father. But when you translate it into the new version, Father's dropped, Abba's dropped. Um, it's interesting. Uh, a good example. Um, in Genesis, it, Adam and Eve referred to God as Father and Him, which He is a He, but it doesn't, like here, it says, So Sarah said, God hath made laughter for me. But in their version, it says, And Sarah said, Yahuwah, Father God, hath made laughter of me. So it's interesting. Um, I'll give you a good example of some of the translation. I've got a few minutes before I have to leave. Um, I've got to wait. Yahuwah the seer, the son of Hanai, went out to meet him, and the king of Jehoshaphat, should you help those who are evil or love those who hate Yahuwah? Because of this, the wrath of Yahuwah is upon you. This is the actual Cornet Greek translation. Um, ha, here we go. The word of Yahuwah came to Yehu. Yahuwah is he. Son of Hanai against Bashay saying Um then it talks about Haman, the rest of Jehoshaphat. This is the book of Ye Yehu uh, that was translated. When Yahram saw Yehu, he asked him, Do you come in peace? Yehu he answered, What peace is there as long as God wash as the God worshipping or the worshippers of Elohim of your mothers, your father and her witches prevail? And it goes on talking about the treachery of Izim. Uh, Yehu again is mentioned with an E. It says, Then Yehu drew back his bow with his strength, and shot Yerim. Yerim, between his shoulders. Now, in the other translation, it says, in his chest. Um, then Yehu ordered Bitkar, the captain, saying, pick him up and throw him into this plot of ground belonging to Naboth, the Ye Yez Yezreel, Yezreelite, 
For remember when you and I were riding together in chariots behind Ahab his father. When Yehu brought this utterance of doom upon him, saying, Surely yesterday I saw the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says Yahuwah. But there is in other places. Hmm. Give me a few minutes here. I've not completed everything yet that talks about Yehu. Um, I'm at the end where, here we go. Um, and the body of Jezebel, Bel Zabel, shall be like garbage on the ground in the plots of Yezreel. So no one will be able to say, here lies Jezebel of Belzel, or Baal Baal was the daughter of Baal, um, is what they're translating it as. Bazelb, or Bazelb, is what they call it. So throughout the text, it, it is startling what they're quoting. And it translates right into English. Like the beginning of it up here, it says, Now the rest of the events of the reign of Jehoshaphat, his first, his first through his last, truly, they are written in the book of Yehu, the son of Hanai, or the Annal is what it's called. Annals of Yehu, the son of Yehai, which are recorded in the books of the kings of Yisrael. And this would be the Annals of the son, the Annals of Yehu, the son of Hanai. So here it goes again explaining a few things, but we're not going to go into that. We're already 22 minutes over and I want to end it here. So I'll say, I'll pray for you, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and may Yeshua and Yahuwah bless you.